Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hi, this is Matt Cardinal, host of Game On, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for 37-year-old Watson Jones. He is considered a lost, injured, and missing male who disappeared from St. Petersburg, Florida, December 5th, 1991. His height is five foot eight. He weighs 145 pounds. He has brown eyes, black hair, and he is biracial. He's African American and Caucasian. Watson has a scar on the left side of his face and walks with a limp. If you know of Watson Jones' whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1 800 The Lost. The actual number for that is 1 800 843 5678. To see a picture of Watson, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. It's time for Speaking of Sports, your weekly look inside at the stats, scores, opinions, and facts from a kid's point of view. You can't miss one moment of the action going on in the next hour. Now, here's your host. Thank you and welcome to the program, Speaking of Sports, on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jason, and we have a lot to talk about today. Football is getting back to being in full swing. Uh, Of course, there's never any lockout here on Speaking of Sports, but the NFL lockout is, of course, officially over. We've entered preseason. We're just getting around to the start of football. And not to mention, of course, college football starting up. We're going to see our first slate of games this weekend collegically speaking. So we're, of course, going to have lots to talk about in the realm of football now that actual games have been played, uh, something that certainly seemed a distance away during that lengthy NFL lockout. A lot to cover there. And, of course, Major League Baseball is where we're going to start things. A lot going on right now in the MLB. Frankly, a really interesting year in Major League Baseball. Um, I imagine most people could probably predict who'd be front-running right now in the majors. Obviously, you have the Red Sox and the Yankees battling things out in the AL East. Both look like dominant forces in the American League. And in the National League, the Phillies with the you know, four greatest uh, starters ever in their rotation. Um, maybe a little overhyped in that rotation, but certainly as a whole, that team dominating the National League in a very strong NL East. Atlanta coming up right behind them in that NL, uh, in that Eastern Division. But you got the Phillies in the NL, the Yankees and the Red Sox in the AL is obviously the point here. But what's really interesting right now in the major leagues is what's going on elsewhere in baseball, who those other playoff teams are going to be joining the big three, as we could call them, the Phillies, the Red Sox, and the Yankees. Uh, because frankly, I don't think anyone really could have picked exactly who we have leading some of these divisions right now. Uh, frankly, I don't think there's any pl- better place to start our MLB discussion off with uh, than Milwaukee. Right now, really the hottest team in baseball for quite a while. They've had a great stretch going on. Uh, they really caught fire. They finally started playing the way that they were supposed to. Um, I know Milwaukee was a bit of a trendy pick during the offseason. That Central was obviously always a very tightly packed division. A lot of very good teams in that division. St. Louis, always a threat. Who isn't if you have Albert Pujols? Uh, Chicago, some Someone's always picking the Cubs to do something, obviously not working out for him this year and really not so much in the past handful of years, but Chicago always has potential to do something. Uh, And not to mention Cincinnati, who kind of shocked the world last season and has remained a serious contender. They're really who's battling it out with Milwaukee right now. Uh, But things started out not looking so hot for the Brewers. Uh, What we were told during this offseason from people in Milwaukee, from anybody really on that Brewers bandwagon, was that they'd always had the offense. And that's really something you you can't argue. Uh, They've had Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun, Corey Hart going on out there, along with some plenty of other great players, Ricky Weeks, uh, Casey McGahee, certainly becoming one of the more well-known clutch hitters in baseball. So we've known for a long time that they have the offense in Milwaukee. But what we were told this offseason with the Zach Greinke acquisition, with a couple of other acquisitions, is that they were going to bring the pitching this year too. And you know, at the start of the year, it really didn't look that way. Things weren't looking great in Milwaukee. 
not going great, really on either end of the spectrum. Grinky started out the year on the DL and took a little while to get going. But right now, you look at this Brewers staff, and they really have a lot going for them. Uh, a lot going for them that I don't think too many people really will have expected, not just in the rotation, but also in the bullpen, where the performance of John Axford especially has really just been shocking to myself and I imagine the most baseball fans. Uh, John Axford, this guy, frankly, I don't think anyone outside the Milwaukee area would have expected to come out as one of the premier closers in the majors this year. He's doing a real solid lockdown job there in Milwaukee. Uh, And that's allowed them to make moves like the Francisco Rodriguez move. Uh, In a somewhat quiet fashion, of course, Milwaukee acquired, just before the trade deadline, Frankie Rodriguez, K-Rod, formerly the Mets closer, and of course, a the man who holds the record uh, for the most saves in a single season back in his days with Los Angeles of Anaheim. Um, And K-Rod, the deal behind that acquisition, the reason the Mets really were having a hard time dealing him, because the Mets have been looking to get rid of K-Rod pretty much since they fell out of contention earlier this year, once Jose Reyes stopped hitting like 450 or whatever was going on with him at the start of the season when he was just playing so dominant uh, dominant enough to keep the Mets in the playoff picture, as K-Rod had a clause in his contract that guaranteed his next season, uh, which is at a really high amount of money. I don't have the exact figure here, but it's at a very exorbitant amount of money. It guaranteed him next season if he reached a certain number of games finished. So ninth innings pitched, you know, to save opportunities. And that prevented a lot of teams who were looking for a closer from acquiring him. Uh, Certainly a lot of teams over there in the NL and in the AL. He's a guy who has proven that he can be successful in either league. Normally a lot of teams are looking for that closer type guy. They'd be looking for him, but a lot of teams just couldn't take him because they didn't want to pay that contract next year, the exact reason the Mets wanted to get rid of him. So what the Brewers were able to do is they brought him in essentially as insurance for John Axford because, frankly, like I mentioned, I don't think anybody was really expecting him to do what he's been doing. Uh, So essentially, most people figured they were probably going to kind of alternate, do a little closer by committee with Axford and K-Rod, but really they haven't had to all that much. They've been able to keep K-Rod's save opportunities down, uh, keep, keep him, though, I believe actually zero save chances. Axford with 40 saves on the year. Uh, K-Rod with none. Exclusively working as that eighth inning man. And really, that's why I think John Axford has really been the key to this Milwaukee success. Uh, obviously, we can't ignore the starting rotation in either in Milwaukee. Uh, that's really what they were pushing at the start of the year. And Grinky has, of course, been a great acquisition. He's leading them in strikeouts, doing a great job over there as pretty much the ace of the staff. 162 strikeouts, nothing to laugh at. He's going to be well over that 200K mark by the end of the year. And we really expect nothing less from Zach Grinky, a guy who he's had his ups and downs, um, but you can't argue just how dominant this guy can be. Um, but looking at the other starters in this rotation, most notably you have Randy Wolf, Sean Markham, Giovanni Gallardo. Uh, Gallardo has been the guy who's been the ace for his team in the past. And really, he was a guy who they kind of thought wasn't good enough to be their ace in a postseason run. Uh, That was definitely one of the reasons they brought in Grinky was not just to bring another top-flight pitcher to this staff, but to try and bring in a legitimate ace. And it turns out they really didn't need that. Now they have themselves set up with two aces. Gallardo having a great season, eating up innings. He's going to hit that 200 innings mark, no problem. Uh, Pitching with an ERA really in the low to mid threes. Markham, of course, doing the same thing, low to mid threes in his ERA. And really just providing some stability and the occasional dominant performance. Uh, Gallardo is a guy who can have shutdown stuff. He's thrown the shutout on the year. He's racking up the K counter as well. Uh, He might also reach that 200 strikeout mark in addition to Grinky. But with him plus Markham and Wolf really bringing stability to this team, that's why Milwaukee is in such a shocking position. And honestly, right now, I'm going to say Milwaukee is the best chance of taking out the Phillies of anybody in that National League. Um, so Milwaukee kind of taking up most of our baseball segment here. We'll try and get around the league real quick here. So we're running out of time in this segment. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks continue to lead the NL West, possibly the most shocking story of this year. Uh, of course, I kind of haven't really been speaking too much on that, 
because frankly, I don't think it really is going to matter too much if they win that NL West. Obviously, anything can happen in the Major League postseason. If you get hot at the right time, you can go straight to the World Series from barely making the playoffs. Uh, the Colorado Rockies it seemingly show us that every year, obviously not actually. But anything can happen once you get into a postseason picture. And the Diamondbacks right now are doing a good job keeping themselves in that with the Giants having injury problems. Uh, the only question is, will they actually be able to do anything in the playoffs? And frankly, I'm just going to say no. Um, certainly, they've shocked the world by being in this position. They could shock the world again by taking out the Phillies or whoever they have to play in that first round. They could shock the world again by picking up a series win. I just don't see it happening. Despite the big years we've seen out there from guys like Justin Upton and Ian Kennedy, who are two guys obviously playing with a chip on their shoulder, guys who have been counted out earlier times in their careers. Uh, so now let's take a break. I'm Jason. You're listening to Speaking of Sports. Keep it right here on Voice America Kids. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support surprise you. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m. whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Want to laugh yourself silly over the crazy happenings of the celeb world and beyond? Tune in to Behind the Mask on Voice America Kids. Your hosts will uncover the celebrities you know and love, along with some that you might not know in this country, but they are admired across the world. But it's not just the famous that need to look out. We'll look inside the music biz, stage, and of course, the big screen. Listen to Behind the Mask every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Broadway and 5 p.m. Hollywood side on the Voice America Kids channel. You're tuned in to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now, back into the action. Thank you and welcome back to the program. Speaking of sports on Voice America Kids Network, I'm Jason. And right now we're talking about Major League Baseball resuming our conversation from the previous topic, we still have a lot to cover on Speaking of Sports. Going to look at football, both professionally and collegially. Uh, of course, the NFL and college football both starting up right around the corner. Certainly any any uh, big-time football fan who's been missing the, missing the NFL during the lockout going to be sitting in front of their television, not just for the NFL games week one, but also for these great collegiate games because uh, the college football season is really kicking off with some big-time matchups. Uh, but right now, we're still going to keep getting into baseball. Last segment, we really covered hard on the NL, especially the Milwaukee Brewers, the real shock team in the National League. Uh, not really shockers quite from the preseason, as before the year, the Brewers were a bit of a trendy pick to win that NL Central and even a dark horse pick at the World Series. But just from earlier in this season, when things started out and they were looking pretty bleak in Milwaukee with Zach Greinke on the disabled list, we looked at their impressive rotation, their big-time bats that makes them a real threat to the Phillies in that National League. And we also touched on the Arizona Diamondbacks as another big shocker, um, probably the biggest shock team leading the NL West. 
Uh, but now we're going to change gears looking at the American League. Uh, we're currently the division that uh, the American League West, American League East, they pretty much make sense right now. The West, the Rangers, and the Angels, they're battling things out. It's pretty close, but you pretty much figure the Rangers are going to take that one. And the East, of course, the Yankees and the Red Sox duking it out head-to-head. Um, of course, not really duking it out head-to-head. The Red Sox have pretty much been dominating that matchup. But in the standings, at least, really close battle. We don't know who's going to win that. AL East, but certainly the other team is going to get that wild card. But the Central has kind of been turned on its head this year in the American League. Obviously nothing so radical as like Kansas City winning the Central, as that certainly wouldn't happen in the in the foreseeable future. Uh, although Kansas City does have a big-time farm system there. We shouldn't mock the Royals, because who knows, they have big-time farm potential there. And as we saw from the Rays, you can go from having potential to being in a World Series pretty quickly. Uh, but certainly not anything as radical as that. But the Detroit Tigers leading the American League Central over the Cleveland Indians. Certainly not the two teams picked to win that division, as the Minnesota Twins have really struggled. Uh, some of my friends who have Twins fans jokingly mentioning Joe Maurer is just taking his off year this year. He's on vacation for a little while. Uh, Maurer with some injury problems, some bizarre experimentation of Maurer playing seemingly random positions on the baseball field. Uh, we've seen Maurer at first base, Maurer in right field. I'm waiting for him to, for the Twins to put him in the concession stand or something like that, because uh, they're really looking to preserve Maurer's legs, keep Joe Maurer healthy, uh, because he's had some injury woes this year and in years prior. Um, so the Twins seemingly out of this one, and the Chicago White Sox, America's favorite sitcom or America's favorite soap opera, you decide. The White Sox always exciting, with of course manager Ozzie Guillen, there's always something seemingly going terribly wrong in Chicago for the White Sox, but they're always contenders, and this year, really not completely different. They've had a lot of drama, of course, a lot of hilarious Ozzie Guillen tirades, but they haven't been in that big playoff picture in the American League Central, and that's because of the play, especially of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, the Indians haven't played so hot since they got off to an amazing start at the beginning of the year. They ha they've really just been kind of using that as their base. They've been falling back to earth at a pretty steady rate uh, ever since the calendar started turning on them. Uh, really, even since the All-Star break, uh, they've picked things up a little bit of late. But really, I don't think the Indians are going to be able to make a run on the Detroit Tigers, who are leading the American League Central. Uh, the Tigers not really doing things the way that someone might expect them either, uh, and that they're really kind of one of the harder-to-explain teams at the front of their division. Obviously, you look at the Brewers, and it kind of jumps out to you how they could do well. Uh, Gallardo, like we mentioned, pitching like a true ace. Grinky came in, he's doing a great job, and they have real stability in some of those other starting spots, Markham, uh, Markham and Wolf especially. The bullpen, you have some guys stepping up in there. Uh, we mentioned John Axford is, of course, having a spectacular year as the Brewers closer. And, of course, they have plenty of big bats. Uh, so you figure maybe you go in Detroit, maybe it's a Miguel Cabrera MVP type year. Maybe Austin Jackson built off of his first half last year and is now looking like the best center fielder in baseball. Uh, Johnny Peralta, maybe he's slugging the ball. But no, frankly, it's not really any of these things. Miguel Cabrera has kind of resumed the form that he was in back in his Florida days. Uh, gone from being the biggest power-hitting menace on the right side of the plate since Manny Ramirez, and gone back to a bit more of a contact hitter. Uh, having a big year in the average department, looks like a guy who's going to be pulling the 330-30-100 line this year, as opposed to maybe the 40-even-50 homers that we've come to almost expect from Miguel Cabrera. Uh, the pitching rotation, the Tigers for a while were supposed to have this big-time up-and-coming rotation. We saw all of these names jumping back and forth, um, but the one steady name in that line of guys has always been Justin Verlander, uh, the up-and-coming guy who actually did develop and is now just absolutely dominant. And he has really been the absolute key to their success. First guy to 20 wins, uh, 200 strikeouts easily, well over that mark. I mean, maybe he might even pitch... Uh, push the 250 strikeout mark, strikeout mark, which would be rather impressive. And Verlander, there's a reason that he's being brought up for the MVP discussion, uh, because it's not because there's no good candidates from the other teams in the American League. Because frankly, Curtis Granderson's having a monster year for the Yankees. The Red Sox getting big time years from Adrian Gonzalez and Jacoby Ellsbury. 
Um, and of course, Jose Batista really carrying Toronto uh, because the Blue Jays really don't have much beyond Jose Batista. Um, so obviously there are other guys to go to here, but if you're really looking at who's the most valuable to their team, at least one out of every five days, Justin Verlander is easily the most important player in baseball. Verlander, with his dominance, has kept this team in this race and has kept the Tigers at the top of the American League Central since they took over that position. He's been absolutely filthy this year. He's had the great Justin Verlander stuff that we've always known he's had going for him, of course. Uh, the big-time four-seamer and the big-time curveball as well. But beyond that, he's really pitching better this year. Um, this is a guy he's thrown no-hitters in the past. He's been in the Cy Young running in the past. But this year, things really seem different for Justin Verlander. Uh, not that he was necessarily what you'd call a thrower in the past. He's never been a guy who was just calling, just trying to run his fastball by people. But this year, he's really using multiple pitches effectively, not just being a fastball, curveball kind of guy. He's locating well. He's pretty much doing everything right. And that's why Justin Verlander is the runaway Cy Young winner in the American League. And that's why he's in the MVP discussion, despite the monster years from the likes of Curtis Granderson, Jacoby Ellsbury, Adrian Gonzalez. Guys having just monster years on teams with dominant records. Uh, because Verlander, you just can't deny that once out of every five days, he's the most valuable player in baseball, flat out. The problem for him is those other four days, and that's where the Tigers have possibly been even more impressive, um, because frankly, there were times when Roy Holiday was over in Toronto pitching just as well as we've seen Verlander pitch now. Uh, we've seen we've seen Felix Hernandez, Zach Greinke, guys win the Cy Young with win counts in like 11 to 13 wins. Uh, Verlander obviously getting a bit more support from that offense. And the other starters in the Tigers rotation getting some support from the offense as well. And like I mentioned, there's really no one you can exactly pin it on. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is the leader for the team in virtually every batting category. I don't think that really should surprise anyone. Um, but beyond that, the role players... There's no one really who you can point out as saying that role player, that guy is really just having a spectacular year. He's really contributing to that team. It's really just everybody doing their part. A lot of real professional hitters coming together, rallying around this MVP candidate in Justin Verlander and propelling this Tigers team to a fairly improbable first place run. In addition to Cabrera, we've got guys like Johnny Peralta. Uh, Johnny Peralta definitely been one of the least talked about guys in Major League Baseball uh, really for the last handful of years. This is a guy who's just been a solid offensive shortstop for a long time in this league. Um, frankly, if he had busted into the league in like 95, you know, before we heard of the likes of Jeter and A-Rod and Garcia Pera, he'd probably be pretty revolutionary because he's really in a, he's not in the traditional shortstop mold. He's really in the new shortstop mold. He's a big guy, can hit for power, hit for average. And frankly, year in, year out, he's been a big-time contributor to various teams, the Tigers these past few years, and he's definitely providing a solid rock in that, uh, rock in that lineup. Hitting over the 300 mark, he's going to get his 20 homers. This is just a guy you know what to expect, plays a solid shortstop, great guy to have on any team. So Johnny Peralta, at least getting the love he deserves here on Speaking of Sports. Uh, Austin Jackson, right, right now when you hear about the big-time trade that happened a few years back, of course, the Granderson for Jackson trade with Ian Kennedy going to the Diamondbacks. Years past, you would hear about how the Yankees gave up Austin Jackson to get back Granderson. This is the last year, mostly. Granderson wasn't having a great year. Kennedy wasn't having a great year. Right now, with Kennedy in the running for the NL Cy Young, Granderson going for the AL MVP, Austin Jackson has now become the guy ignored in that deal. And that's really not fair to him. Yes, he strikes out a lot, but he is providing a key role in center field for the Tigers, not hitting for a great average. He got off to a hot start, hasn't been able to follow that up. Really just a guy doing the classic leadoff role type things. He's stealing some bases. He's getting on base more than his average would suggest. So that's how the Tigers are leading the AL Central. It's really Justin Verlander and company. Uh, Miguel Cabrera leading the batting, but really big-time contributions from everyone in that order. Uh, so now let's take a break. I'm Jason. Keep it right here. You're listening to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't, which is why Beyond the Third Dimension looks at both sides. You have one host who believes in ghosts, while the other can't think of anything more ridiculous. Put them together and you get some great discussion and some real discoveries and exploration of the paranormal, and then some. Tune in to Beyond the Third Dimension, airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. And try not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids face very tough and very real issues every single day. It can be bad. It can be ugly. Now there's something good that can help. Tune in to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll discuss the issues and provide solutions and connections to solutions that you will be able to use. Our show goes right to the heart of today's kids and beyond. Your parents will probably want to listen in, too. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly airs Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern on Voice America Kids. You just love your pets. But sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now, back into the action. Thank you, and welcome back to the program, Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jason, and right now we're going to delve into the world of football, starting out with the NFL. Lots of news and notes to cover uh, in both the NFL and in college football. Before we get to, of course, everyone's favorite t- part of sports talk radio, no, not the Miami Heat, but predictions. Uh, we've already covered baseball today. Uh, in some of our previous segments, we covered both the NL and the AL, really looking at the surprising teams leading the Central, the Brewers in the National League Central, and the Detroit Tigers in the American League Central. Uh, but now we're going to delve head-on into football, where, of course, the big topic recently, the big topic that isn't just the start of the season, is the Michael Vick contract situation. Uh, Vick signed a big-time $100 million contract, $40 million guaranteed. Uh, really, I guess you could argue completing the turnaround for Michael Vick, a guy who, in addition to the jail time, in addition to everything else, this is a guy who had to file for bankruptcy with everything that was going on, uh, all the of the problems he ran into when his life crashed and burned a few years ago with the dogfighting scandal. Uh, So, of course, not going to have to worry about bankruptcy now with this $100 million contract, but it does raise the question, A, have things really completely turned around for Michael Vick? Is he totally out of the water? And B, was he worth it? Uh, not just looking at it, you know, purely from a football standpoint, but there's a lot of pressure brought on to not just Michael Vick, who's a guy who I think has shown that he can definitely handle the pressure. Uh, even if we go back to the quote-unquote old Michael Vick, uh, the Michael Vick who was a bit of a knucklehead, a guy who got into trouble, he still was putting the Falcons and the city of Atlanta, really, on his back, back as a really young quarterback, and a young quarterback who, frankly, didn't have great quarterbacking skills. And, of course, last year, with all eyes on him as a guy pretty much everybody was actually or at least a lot of people were actually hoping would fail he was able to excel in having a monster season with the Eagles so I don't think the pressure on Vic with this money is going to be a problem Uh, The problem is the pressure on the Eagles. Obviously, the dream team talk that's been going on in Philadelphia with the signing of Namdi Asamoah, the trade for Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie, and the acquisition of a few other guys, uh, mostly to bolster that Eagles defense. And, of course, Steve Smith, the wide receiver, joining the team on the offensive end. There's been a lot of talk about the Eagles as the favorites to win the Super Bowl. 
uh, let alone the favorites in the NFC. I've heard a lot of discussion where even you look at the favorites in the NFC and people are talking about the Eagles versus the Saints, and there's no mention even of the NFL champion uh, last year's Super Bowl winning Green Bay Packers. So with all this pressure already on Philadelphia, I think adding the Vic contract situation might be a bit too much to bear. Of course, the big issue here is that there's a guy for them to directly compare him to. Uh, we get off a couple weeks into the season. Maybe the Eagles aren't starting out so hot. They're 1-1. One one, they're 1-2. One whatever's happening. And you'll look over to Arizona, and maybe, just maybe, Kevin Cobb is outplaying Michael Vick for at least those couple of, for at least those couple of weeks. All of a sudden, there's going to be a lot of talking in that Philadelphia media. And ask anybody, ask Donovan McNabb. That Philadelphia media market is brutal. Those guys will jump on anybody, uh, Santa Claus included, as uh, most Philadelphia sports fans will tell you. The Philadelphia media, they're going to start talking. The talk show hosts are going to start talking. The reporters, they're going to start asking, is Vic worth this money? And is Vic even the right call over Kevin Cobb? Uh, obviously, Vic's second in the MVP voting last year, and I think, frankly, I think the way that Vic was almost blown out for first place in the MVP voting, I was a little surprised by that last year. My vote also would have gone to Tom Brady. He had a monster year, spectacular year, and a great regular season for those Patriots. Um, but I was surprised that Vic wasn't able to grab any first place votes because he was virtually as important to the Eagles as Brady was to the Patriots. So it's easy to see how Vic earned this money. They can easily justify why they went with Michael Vic. But still, the questions will linger. The comparisons with Kevin Cobb will linger. Uh, and honestly, the Cardinals, they're playing in a pretty weak NFC West this year. The Seahawks last year surprising under 500 winners, uh, and then they went on to beat the New Orleans Saints in the first round of the playoffs in a game that I guess the Saints must have assumed was two-hand touch football with some of the tackling that was going on in that game. Uh, but the Seahawks, you're looking at them, they're just not poised to have even as good of a year as last year. Uh, the Rams, they have some things going for them with Sam Bradford, uh, they've got some strides. They're making strides on the defensive end. But still, not maybe not all the way there yet. The Rams are certainly a bit of a trendy pick to go far in the NFC or at least win the NFC West this year. Uh, and then, of course, you have a bit of a mess right now in San Francisco. Another changing coaches. Who's the quarterback there? Who's not the quarterback there? So the Cardinals could get off to a hot start. Kevin Cobb could get off to a hot start. Uh, whereas the Eagles playing in that NFC East, the Giants, you can never count them out. Tom Coughlin at this point has been to, has gone from a guy whose uh, job was being called for every week to one of the just elite head coaches in the NFL, at least in the eyes of a lot of analysts. The Giants considered one of the best coach teams in the league. Eli Manning, certainly always a threat at quarterback. And of course, the Cowboys, who, you know, it's always supposed to be the Cowboys year, and maybe this year will finally be it. So the Eagles in a pretty tough division, and it's just going to bring, bring a lot of trouble to Philadelphia if they don't get off to a hot start. And the Vic contract, of course, adds to that. Of course, that being said, it's always good to lock up these big-time quarterbacks. As we also saw in Indianapolis, Peyton Manning, right now the big story about Peyton is him missing the entire preseason, the neck injury? Will he start week one? Will he be 100%? Can the Colts take a game off of anybody without 100% Peyton Manning? But Peyton Manning also, a guy who recently signed a big-time contract. And those two marks, uh, Vic, I think something around $16 million per year. Manning, I think looking somewhere more in the range of 20 or $18 million a year. That's what's setting the bar right now for the Drew Brees contract discussions in New Orleans. Uh, it's kind of strange right now. We have all these elite quarterbacks, these guys who have really been vital to their teams. Because uh, I think it's pretty tough to argue, if you look at over the last few years for Manning and Brees and last year for Vic, to find three guys more important to their teams than Manning, Brees, and Vic are to the Colts, uh, Colts, Saints, and Eagles. It's pretty tough to find, and that's why I think these guys are all going to be looking at, uh, in Breeze's case it looks at least, or are looking at, for Manning and Vic, uh, monster contracts. And that's just another point of reference that these teams are going to have to deal with. And all honestly, I think that anything that goes wrong with Peyton, at least for this year, is going to be blamed on injury. Uh, not that I'm suggesting anything will go wrong with Peyton. Uh, I, for, 
I personally have the utmost faith that he will be back week one and will be 100% pretty quickly. Uh, But in the event that something goes wrong, that it looks like the Colts didn't spend their money wisely, it's going to be blamed on injury. It's not going to be blamed on Peyton Manning. Uh, The Saints, same thing. Breeze has proven themselves to that team during the Super Bowl run and over the past four or five years even. Uh, So while there might be a discussion depending on just how much money he gets, uh, if he gets Peyton money or if he gets the slightly less Vic money, there might be some discussion there. Uh, Really, I think Breeze probably has a little bit of a free pass, especially because if Breeze isn't playing well in New Orleans, they're going to have a lot bigger problems than his contract. Uh, The Saints are really reliant on Drew Breeze. Whereas Vic in the middle there, that's the real question in these NFL quarterback situations. Vic's contract is more important than Breeze and Manning contract just because, honestly, he's done less to earn it. Vic had a great season. He's a great story. I'm happy for him. I think he's going to succeed. But in the event that Michael Vick doesn't succeed, the Eagles are going to have a press fiasco on their hands, especially if the team's struggling as well with all the talks of a dream team over there in Philadelphia. Uh, So now we're going to take a break. I'm Jason. Keep it right here on Speaking of Sports. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. What is Take Two? Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take Two. We'll go back, way back to the favorite TV shows of our childhood. Your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There is so much going on in the tech field. The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. What are some of the issues that kids face every day? You'll find out when you tune in to the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here, and because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. You're tuned in to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now, back into the action. 
Thank you, and welcome back to the program. Speaking of sports on Voice America Kids Network, I'm Jason, and so far we've covered Major League Baseball extensively, looking at some of the big stories in the majors, and we've looked at some of the quarterback contract situations in the NFL, um, comparing the big money deals signed recently by Michael Vick and Peyton Manning, uh, along with the deal that is soon to be signed by Drew Brees from the New Orleans Saints, looking at those and just the effects that they could have on those teams. And right now, we're going to get to everybody's favorite talk of sports talk radio. I already made the joke once. No, it's not the Miami Heat. It is, of course, predictions, where I'm probably wrong, but on the off chance that I'm right, I'll look really smart. Uh, We have college football and pro football starting up rather soon. No better time than now to make our picks for the NFL and for, of course, Division I college football. Uh, We've talked about the NFL already so far in the show, so we're going to jump into things in the collegiate front, where I have to start out by saying that Boise State's chances this year are the best they've ever been. Uh, Boise State has now proven that they can win in a BCS bowl game uh, without any of the kind of gimmicky things that went on in their miracle win over Oklahoma a few years back. They can just straight out outplay a BCS bowl team. Beyond that, the SEC is a little bit weak this year, by SEC standards at least. Uh, There's no Tim Tebow, Florida. Alabama is right now the favorite in the SEC and probably a lot of people's uh, BCS title game pick. But they're not as solid as they've been in the past. Obviously, they're led by Nick Saban. They're probably going to dominate defensively. But, you know, their quarterback right now is backing is backing up Mark Sanchez in New York. There's a bit of a quarterback controversy in Alabama. We'll see what they can do on the offensive end. And you look at the other teams behind them in the SEC. Obviously, Florida is still in a bit of a transition period. Uh, and you look at LSU as the second highest ranked team, at least in the preseason poll. And that's a team with plenty of questions as well. Uh, the Pac-12, USC, uh, of course, we have to get used to making sure we're saying the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 does respect um, numbers and typical number conventions and actually changed the name of their conference when they added more teams. Uh, USC not bowl eligible this year. Oregon returning a good number of players. Oregon certainly an impressive team coming back. But frankly, I think Oregon's a bit flawed. I think they were plenty flawed last year. Um, honestly, not as flawed as Auburn was, but they were able to cover up some of those flaws. I'm not sure if that's going to work out this year. Uh, and of course, looking elsewhere, quite frankly, the pa- the Big 12 is kind of in a state of disarray, although Oklahoma is the preseason number one consensus in both the AP and USA poll, receiving a pretty commanding number of number one votes. Oklahoma right now the favorite to win it all. Behind them, we have some talent. Uh, We have a handful of good teams throughout college football, but this year I'm really thinking this is Boise State's chance to win it all. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it now. Of course, are they actually going to do it? Um, I think this is the year that they're going to at least get the nod for the BCS title game, um, and I think that's going to make the BCS championship game better. I just don't see all of these teams going undefeated. I think the SEC is too close. Um, the SEC you usually can make the title game as a one-loss team from the SEC, but honestly, I really don't think that there's going to be uh, more than one one-loss team in the SEC. And I really don't think some of the teams kind of in the mid-range in the SEC are going to look as impressive this year as they have in the past. Uh, Oklahoma, they have dynamic offensive weapons, big-time weapons in the passing game, the running game, multiple guys being talked about as Heisman favorites there. Oklahoma is the team I kind of have faltering, and that's where I think Boise State slips into this national title picture. I'm personally, I'm going with Alabama over Boise State in the BCS title game. Uh, You can mark that one down. Alabama, of course, coming out of the SEC, uh, probably coming out as a one-loss team, as I don't think this is one of those years where a two-loss SEC team can beat out uh, maybe even an undefeated Pac-12 or Big 12 team. I think they're going to need to do it with one loss. I think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think the SEC has too many threats this year. So I've got them winning it over Boise State, but certainly not in any crushing fashion. Uh, I'm a big-time Boise State supporter. I think they're going to be there, and I think they're going to deserve to be there. But I'm going to take Alabama just on sheer uh, talent coaching. Uh, Both teams very well coached. Boise State with better talent than most people would expect. Um, But defense wins championships. I definitely give Bama the defensive nod, even if Boise State takes the edge offensively. 
Looking elsewhere, as the second school in the SEC, I'm going to have to go with LSU. I know I'm picking straight from the rankings here, but honestly, I think LSU, despite having some flaws out there, they're probably the most solid team in the SEC beyond Alabama. Uh, they have question marks all around, including, of course, with NCAA investigations. Of course, who doesn't have an NCAA at an NCAA investigation up right now. But LSU, I'm going to have them taking that second SEC bowl berth, uh, BCS bowl berth that's always given out. Uh, Oklahoma, like I said, I don't think they're going to be as good as people suspect they are. Um, but I do have them winning the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12 in a bit of a dilemma right now. Things are really changing around in college football. They've lost some teams. They're probably losing Texas A&M for next season. But that really shouldn't impact the quality of football coming out of Oklahoma and Texas. Texas kind of rebuilding, kind of building up right now. It's Oklahoma's uh, conference to win. And even if they're not as dominant as their preseason number one would suggest, I've still got them winning that division. Or conference, beg your pardon. Uh, going over to the Pac-12, I think this is Stanford's year over Oregon in the Pac-12. Uh, Stanford's got a lot going for him at the quarterback position. Everybody's always talking about Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, he's going to be the first pick next year. But right now, he's also going to be the best quarterback in the NFL. That's why I've got them taking it over Oregon. I think even though they have the less flashy offense, they might be able to just flat out put more points on the board. Uh, and that will certainly be an interesting matchup when those two teams meet up. It's going to be with the Pac-12 on the line. Uh, yeah, Florida State is really the only powerhouse you see in the ACC. And really, the other conference is kind of up for grabs. Uh, we're going to slide things over to the NFL right now, running short on time here, so no complete bowl predictions. Uh, in the NFL, AFC, looking at the East, giving that one to the Jets this year, maybe a little bias showing for my part. I am a Jets fan. I think Sanchez is going to continue to improve. I think they've got one of the elite defenses in the NFL. Uh, don't worry, Patriots fans. You guys are absolutely taking at least a wild card spot. I think it's pretty foolish to suggest both those teams wouldn't be in the postseason. Jets one, Patriots two in the AFC. East. Uh, going elsewhere in the in the AFC, we've got a lot of controversy going on in the AFC South, where of course the Colts have been perennial favorites. Some people talking about this being the Texans' year with the Peyton injury, with the Texans continuing to improve. I'm not seeing it. I'm going with Peyton Manning. I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, keep your eye on the Jaguars, though. If they figure out their quarterback situation, either with Garrard playing better or if Blaine Gabbert really is the answer at quarterback, the Jaguars don't have too bad of a team out there. They've got a real chance. Uh, AFC West has had a lot of issues in the past few years. That is a division no one can predict. Chargers are up. Chargers are down. The Chiefs are suddenly good. No one knows exactly what's going on in there. Uh, I'm going to just give this one back to the Chiefs once again. Uh, the Chiefs really impressive last year on an offensive uh, on an offensive front. But right now, I think the Chiefs need to work on their defense. I think they're doing a good job building around Matt Castle offensively. And really, I just don't see the Chargers really improving on last year. I think the Chargers are kind of going in the wrong direction right now. Uh, the AFC North, always closely competitive. You have the Ravens, you have the Steelers. That's where my second wild card is coming out of. I've got the Ravens over the Steelers just on the just on the behalf of the Steelers trash-talking as much as they had this offseason. I think those teams are very closely matched. I've got the Ravens with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder, taking that division, give the Steelers the wild card berth in the AFC North. Uh, so that's Jets, Patriots, Steelers, Ravens, or Ravens and Steelers if you want to go in ranking. Uh Colts and Chiefs in the AFC. NFC, you look to the East, you have the Dream Team Eagles, you have the Giants. I'm going to give this division to the Eagles over the Giants and the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to be a Dream Team in Philadelphia, but that is one explosive offense with a possible MVP at quarterback. Lots of weapons for Michael Vick to find. And their defense, that secondary is pretty scary. I take that secondary over most any secondary in the NFL. Uh, Giants and Cowboys both could compete for a wild card. NFC North, the Lions are everybody's trendy pick, and frankly, I can't blame people. Matthew Stafford has looked great when healthy. Hopefully, he'll be healthy this year. Calvin Johnson, I firmly believe, is not just the best receiver in the NFL, but the best offensive weapon in the NFL. And of course, big-time defensive tackle play, and Dom Consume may already be the best defensive player in the league, and Nick Fairley's got all the potential. But the Green Bay Packers are Super Bowl champions. There just aren't the question marks there. Frankly, they would have been the wire-to-wire -wire winner 
49ers last year if it wasn't for the injuries that plagued them during the regular season. The Packers really were a dominant team last year. The record just didn't reflect it due to injury. Packers in the North, we'll look at the Lions when we revisit wildcard teams here. Uh, the Vikings, the, uh, the Vikings, you gotta wait for that quarterback to develop. We'll see exactly what happens with that quarterback situation. Uh, the South, last place, always seems to win it the next season by not picking the Panthers. I've got the Falcons back on top. The Saints should return to form after that loss to the Seahawks in the first round last year. I think that'll put some more motivation in New Orleans. But honestly, Matt Ryan's got too many weapons to go to right now, and the Falcons continue to improve on defense. The Falcons in the South. Uh, going over to the West, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Rams. Despite my talk of how Kevin Cobb could lead the Cardinals to a hot start, to a good finish in that division, I think Sam Bradford's only going to keep getting better. He looked really good down the stretch last year. I think the Rams take the West. Uh, revisiting this wild card situation, we point out a couple of teams. We point out the Cowboys and the Giants in the East. Uh, the Lions in the north, and of course the Saints and Buccaneers in the south. The Buccaneers we didn't really cover much. Uh, they, of course, were the surprise team last year. Honestly, I'm going to split my wild cards between the east and the south just on principle of both te- both divisions being so tough to win uh, that I think the str- that I think they're going to look. Uh, I think they're just going to have a bit more of a closely packed division. Uh, in that both teams kind of both divisions kind of have a bit of a bottom feeder going on. The Panthers in the South uh, and the Redskins in the East. Neither team doing too well. So I think every team in that division, those divisions that is, is going to pick up a handful of wins against that team at the bottom. I'm going to go with the Giants taking a wild card in the East and the Saints in the South. Uh, better luck next year, Cowboys and Buccaneers fans, especially Bucks fans. That is a big time team on the rise. Josh Freeman is the best quarterback of the future in the NFL. I think that guy has more potential than any of the other young quarterbacks in the league. And the Cowboys, they just they're still missing that one quite that one thing that gets them over the hump. Uh, Romo, Tony Romo at quarterback, certainly isn't the problem in Dallas, but he's not really the solution either. He's not losing them playoff berths, but he's not going to carry them to the playoffs. Uh, frankly, they uh, they always seem to be focusing on improving their defense in Dallas. I think an offensive weapon could go a long ways to making that team more explosive and putting more wins on the board. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us. Listen to the show weekly at voiceamericakids.com. Contact us at voiceamericakids at yahoo.com. Mention my name, Jason, and the show, Speaking of Sports. Thanks again for listening. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Thanks again for listening to Speaking of Sports on the Voice America Kids channel. Make sure you come on back next week for another great show. of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.